What's up, everybody? It's the Power Rankings Podcast, a.k.a. the Power Rankings Show. With uh, And that keyboard solo was really loud right there. That was sweet. That was sweet. Uh, I guess I should say I'm joined as always and pleased. I don't know why I'm going in past tense. He's right here, but it just seemed like a nice shift gear. I can't even speak today. I don't know what's wrong with me. At Marcus underscore Mosher, how are you? Doing well, Elliot. How are you? I well, apparently I'm pretty clunky with my intros. Right. I, I I think I was I said uh, I was pleased. I don't know, whatever. I, I who knows what I said. Uh, I tell you one thing though that I'm really really excited about. Is your Chiefs article up yet? Mm, comes out tomorrow. I'm glad that Come you on, asked. man. For PFF, what are you doing, bro. Yeah. Spent a lot of time this morning at the coffee shop working on it. Uh, how the yeah. Chiefs replace Tyreek Hill. Check it out, PFF, tomorrow. Yeah, Marcus called me and asked me something about it. I told him, I said, listen, I'll, I sure, I'd be more than happy to help you. Just, I'll be upstairs to sleep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Speaking of those Chiefs, they're playing in a relatively big game on Sunday. I don't know if you guys have uh, paid attention to that. And by the way... Uh, the Super Bowl, there's going to be a pair of brothers playing in the game against one another. And I just feel like that hasn't been covered quite enough. Marcus, were you aware of this? I I, I wasn't until this week, apparently. Uh, also, I saw somebody ask uh, Nick Sirianni if this is a must-win game. Yes. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> uh, I hate yeah. week. It's the absolute worst. This is, it the, is the worst. worst. Uh, does anyone care? They used to try to get us so pumped up about it. Uh, I remember when Super Bowl 50, so that's Panthers, Broncos, uh, they decided to do media night, like an opening media night. I think it was on like a random Tuesday night or whatever. And we were supposed to pump it on the morning show that we were on. And I was like, this is so dumb. I mean, it's just lame. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. So there you go. Sorry. But if you're a huge media week fan and you love it, then... I'm sorry. I apologize for you. (laughs) That's right. Exactly. Uh, Some NFL news going on. Marcus and I were talking offline about the Cardinals head coaching search. Uh, Sean Payton made some news uh, as of late uh, regarding some comments he made about the Broncos facility. We'll get to that in a second. But Marcus wants to talk about the state of the union address. Mm. So Marcus, what was it? Is it is it unemployment? Is it? Like what is what? Do you, what are the highlights? What are the lowlights for you? First of all, everything is great. There's never been a problem with the NFL. Just letting you know, it's it's kind of the the theme that Roger Goodell gave us today. Oh, Couple that things. State of the Union. Yeah, okay, that's got the, it, got the one that matters. Yeah. Uh, I've got some just random things I'm going to ask you about. We're going to go a quick fire here. Uh, okay. First of all, they asked Roger Goodell about this report that came out uh, this week about concussions being up 15 percent this year compared to last year and whether he was concerned or not. And his answer was no, because we did more evaluations this year and we broadened the concussion protocol. So we just tested a lot more. That's why we have more positive results. Uh, Do you buy that? I I can see where that certainly makes sense. And I think when you have a good track record, people can hear something like that and say, oh, yeah, okay, I, I get that. The problem is the NFL's track record on this is horrific. I mean, just a little quick 30-second review. Uh, They did just about everything they could in the 90s and early 2000s to prevent more research from coming to light. They always had an explanation for it. And then when ex-players needed help, the NFL wasn't exactly there to step in either. Now, I will say, I will say, 
the NFLPA has also put up its own blocks because a lot of players didn't want to contribute uh, their paycheck mm-hmm. to the older players that were suffering, some of them, from perhaps what we think are concussion-related symptoms for decades. Um All that said, the bottom line is when an entire organization holistically has a bad reputation in this area, it's hard to take a reasonable explanation, which I think Roger Goodell's is, and buy it. Does that make sense? I agree. Yes. That's all I got. (laughs) Uh, I got more. Next one. Uh, Roger Goodell says 2023 will be the first year they have flex scheduling for Monday night football, um, and that would need to be done a week ahead of time. So. Uh, it's not just Sunday night football. Now that could get flexed out. You're also going to have Monday night games flexed out. I think this is a fantastic idea, especially with Buck and Aikman being on the, the uh, ESPN broadcast. I love this idea. Yeah. You know, you know, when somebody like comes up with a, uh, the first, whatever remedy for an illness or whatever, we, we attach their name to it. I, I think we should do the same thing in football. This should just be called the Denver Broncos addendum. And yes. It would be very, you know, everybody would understand what it means. I think the NFL realized they had a real problem after that Broncos-Colts game uh, Mm -hmm. because everyone was talking about what a horrible watch that was. You said you hate-watched it. Uh, You know, um, when you're hate-watching NFL games, I think owners are going to listen up because that affects their bottom line, kind of like when Daniel Snyder actually starts taking money for them. That's when Daniel Snyder gets out of the league. Well, did I say that out loud? It's fine. It's funny that you mentioned that Colts-Broncos game because that was a Thursday night game, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Roger Goodell also said they are toying with the idea of having flex scheduling for Thursday night football as well. How about just not have it at all? But, okay. Well, I mean, come on. We know that the NFL is going to want their money. It's just... I love this. You know, we're all for testing and player safety, and that's why we have 15% more concussions. But, hey, we're going to make sure to flex schedule on Thursday night so you get better matchups. There what about go. the fact the players are only playing on four days rest? Like I said, no more Broncos on Thursday nights, everybody. <laughs> speaking no more of the Colts. Bron- speaking of the Broncos, Roger Goodell said Russell Wilson called him last year to suggest doing a flag football game for the Pro Bowl. So my question for you, did you watch the Pro Bowl games at all this year? No. Yeah, neither did I. Yeah, I it's really sad because the Pro Bowl used to be when I was it used to matter. Kid, it was a big deal. Yeah. Uh, it was a really big deal. Everyone got excited. I always wanted to look when I got football cards to see which one of my favorite players made the Pro Bowl because, like, Tops would put Pro Bowl on their card, you know, and then obviously I watched the games. And, um, yeah, it used to be really cool. I used to love the – this is so nerdy, but I used to love the, like, National Conference jersey. Oh, yeah. The American Conference yeah. jersey, but with, you know, with your team's helmet. Yeah, that was rad. Uh, so. Last Pro Bowl question before we move on. Tyler yeah. Huntley, worst Pro Bowl selection of all time? No. Uh, I want you to pull up Pro Football Reference. You ready? You, you know you shouldn't ask a guy like me this question. I'm ready. Because you're going to get a real. I want you to type in Mike Barilla. That's B-O-R-Y-L-A. Got it. He made the Pro Bowl in 1976. Would you like to read his numbers for 1976? Sure. Uh, Eagles went three and seven with him as a starter. Uh, 1,200 passing yards, nine touchdowns, 14 interceptions, averaged a nice, a modest 5.1 yards per attempt. Oh, God. What was his passer rating? Uh, in 76, it was 53.4. I mean, it's low. And- now, yeah. the good, he did add in 166 yards on the ground. So we can't forget that. 
He made the Pro Bowl. Uh, That's a pretty no. bad one. Now, granted, when guys missed the Pro Bowl back then and you had to put in an alternate, oh, they I'm were sorry. really hurt. I, I read the wrong one because you said to read 76. He actually made the Pro Bowl in 75. Oh, excuse but me. It, was it, it's actually, it was even worse. Uh, he started five games, uh, six touchdowns, 12 interceptions, pass rating of 52.7. Yeah, I'm sorry. You know, they, they would call it the 1976 Pro Bowl because it was played in you know yeah, yeah. late January, but it was for the 75 season. So that's my bad. I, I, I mean, the numbers were so different. <laughs> By the way, okay, you're right. That's, that is the worst Pro Bowl one I've ever seen. You're right. Yeah. If you want to know how, how Ron Jaworski, it? if you want to know how Jaws became an Eagle, Marcus just read it to you. Uh, 1977, Ron Jaworski gets so traded. Wait, so how did this guy make it to the Pro Bowl? Because uh, somebody got hurt. And they, you know, they had alternates back then. The only difference was back then um, you were really hurt. Also back then, they did not play the Pro Bowl in Hawaii. You know how they played the Pro Bowl in Hawaii for years and years and years? Back mm-hmm. then, I think that Pro Bowl might have been in New Orleans, um, that particular one. But, yeah, that's how he made it, as an injury right. replacement. So uh, there you go, all right. man. All right. We're going to get to the, the Super Bowl, I promise. But I have a couple more just general NFL things I want your thoughts on. Yeah. Uh, let's start with Derek Carr. Uh, so in case you're not familiar with what's going on with Derek Carr, his contract uh, contract gets guaranteed, I believe, next Wednesday. And when it's guaranteed, it guarantees his salary for the 2023 and 2024 seasons. And I believe it's like $40 million each year. Mm-hmm. Which basically, all that means is he's not going to be a Raider. Like the Raiders are either going to cut or trade him for next Wednesday. One of the teams that's interested in him are the New Orleans Saints. The Raiders and Saints have already agreed to compensation in case Dick Derek Carr decides to go there because he has a no-trade clause that he's deciding whether he wants to waive or not. But I, I just want your general thoughts. Do you think Derek Carr going to the Saints would be a significant upgrade for them over Andy Dalton and over Jameis Winston? Looks like Elliot just dropped out. He'll be back in a second. But uh, So here, here's my thoughts on this situation. I thought Andy Dalton had a really good year last year. I thought he played pretty well for the saints. I, I frankly, I thought he outplayed Andy Dalton. Or excuse me, I thought he outplayed Derek Carr. So for me, it makes no sense to give up draft capital and to pay him $40 million a year when you're probably not getting any better at the position. On top of that, this team is already projected to be, $70 million over the cap. So why add on another franchise quarterback that's just going to add to that total, making it so you have to trade away you know, some of the talented players on your roster, some of the uh, cornerstone guys. I, I, I get the appeal because Derek Carr just has more natural talent than an Andy Dalton. He's got more uh, talent than a Jameis Winston, but I don't see him being a big enough upgrade to make or make that trade uh, possible, but Elliot has rejoined us. He's jumping back in now. Uh, Elliot, I, I want your thoughts on should the Saints entertain this idea of Derek Carr? I don't love it. And by the way, we've we've had pouring rain in Dallas. If you're listening to us in Dallas, you know it rain. It was lightning all night and stuff. So I'm wondering if that affected my internet. This is usually you uh, that has the uh, weather issue with the internet. Mm-hmm. I was I, I thought I thought for sure I was on. And then I was like, wait a minute. No, it's me this time. So listen, Marcus, it's not you. It's me. I'm sorry. Did I say that in like one life to live voice? Yeah, I tried. Um, uh, Derek I, I don't I don't love it. 
Um, I've been a defender of Derek Carr's, but I think the Saints, with the Saints, Marcus, I kind of wonder if they should start over again. Do you feel like they, this would be almost a a Band-Aid on a veteran team to try and squeeze what window there is there? And I don't even know. I guess what I'm saying is I'm not sure the Saints window is good enough, the, the group that supports that window, so to speak to just add a Derek Carr and all of a sudden they're a contender. I think it makes them better, but it it's clearly not enough, right? And if you're the right. Saints, what's the point in trying to get to nine wins? Like that's my point. It, you're if, not going to support do for your right. If the support for your window is someone like the Rams last year and you're like, "Hey, if we go get Odell Beckham, we can really make a push. If you're the 49ers and you go get Christian McCaffrey, hey, we can make a push. Or if you are like the Bucks and you get Tom Brady, as they did, I don't think the Saints are in that kind of position. Well, I agree. And I think like the Jets make way more sense for Derek Carr because I do think that roster is ready. Like it's a young defense with a young offensive line and young weapons. I think Carr makes more sense there. Just not sure it's a big enough upgrade for the Saints to make it worth your while. Uh, next one, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he says he is going to make a decision on whether he wants to return to football after he has a four-day darkness retreat, which is as simple as it sounds. He's going into this dark room with no sound, no light uh, for four days to, I guess he said, to try to heal some of his sensory problems he's had. Uh I want your thoughts just on Aaron Rodgers and where he's at right now, because he's got to be the weirdest player in the league right now. Well, you know, as a fellow long hair, I'll say this. I thought he was going to go into the four-day thing to take a sound bath. You know, if he was taking a sound bath, I would get it, you know. But look, you're. I get the point. You know, you sit in a room, dark, it's quiet. You know, your, your mind starts racing all over the place. You think about Archie Bunker, you know, you think about like, you know, candy corn, you know, I mean, literally the most random things you think about, why do I have the 2022 and 2020 Panini set, but not the 2021, literally everything goes through your mind. And the point is, as you stay in there long enough, you calm the mind and you heal the body. How to do Marcus. Does that sound? I mean, that sounds like Aaron Rodgers, like exactly what he would say. Uh, yeah. Do you want him to come back or do you want him to retire? I think if you're a Packers fan, you probably want him to come back on some level because, you know, he when he's right, he gives you the best chance to win. Unfortunately, and something we've talked about on our uh, podcast before is has Tom Brady's performance in his 40s skewed our perception of what a quarterback is at 39 years old, which is what Aaron Rodgers is. Right. So, um the other thing is you got to find out what you have in Jordan Love at some point. <laughs> well, and, and that's what I was wondering about. Like, I, I I think Packer fans are conflicted, right? Because if he comes back and you trade him, you could probably get quite a bit back from him. And sure. that would help kind of jumpstart the Jordan Love era. At the same time, wouldn't it be cool just to have him retire and be a lifelong Green Bay Packer and not have to see him in two other uniforms, right? Like, does that still matter to teams and the fans? I I think it does. It matters to fans. I don't know that it matters to teams, and I don't know that it matters to most players anymore either. Aaron Rodgers is not dumb. You know, he he has seen what Tom Brady did. He saw what Andrew Whitworth did going to the Rams and and getting a Super Bowl. 
at 40. Boy, you talk about the Jets, right? I actually think Aaron Rodgers would do better with the Jets than he would, than Derek Carr would, because Aaron Rodgers is used to taking the criticism. Granted, he's very sensitive, but sometimes that actually drives him, I think, to play out of his mind. And I think some of his eccentric ways would be very well accepted in a, a coastal city like that. Whereas Derek Carr, I, I don't know. Um, I know you think it's a good fit for him. I know he's pretty upset with how things went with the Raiders and the criticism he took there. Uh, the criticism in New York can get pretty heavy, man. Really heavy. Well, and, that's why I'm wondering, is is the Jets the best spot for Aaron Rodgers? Because I can think of another spot that might be better. Well, he's a very sensitive guy. There's no question. Uh, but sometimes what I'm saying is his sensitivity to criticism is what makes him so mad. And it drives him to literally have these stretches where he throws 22 touchdowns and no interceptions. Some of that's because he's deliberately trying not to throw interceptions. I, I mean, also part of it, like, I think Tom Brady had the same issue. Like once he got into his forties, he just didn't play well when it was cold out. And I think you're starting to see this from Rogers, right? Like mm. he did not play well in the lion game. This year, he did not play well in the San Francisco game last year. He hasn't played well outdoors in a while. So, do you so really tell me want- where he should go? I mean, what about playing in a dome with your former buddy Devontae Adams in Las Vegas? Yeah, well, I like that better than San Francisco because anyone who uh, I there are millions and millions of people in America who have packed cargo shorts for their San Francisco vacation and were freezing their butt off. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm down with that. I'm totally down with that. Uh, as somebody who covers the Raiders, I hope that doesn't happen because I don't want to root for Aaron Rodgers. You, uh, you can't stand Aaron no, Rodgers. Is he your least favorite player in the NFL? Uh, yeah. Yeah. What if uh, the Cowboys What if the Cowboys could get Aaron Rodgers? I'm out. You're out? <laughs> uh, okay. I'm out on Cowboys culture. Uh, last one. Last one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Roger Goodell asked about the state of officiating in the NFL. He said, it's never been better. I mean, that's look, I don't, you know me, I'm not a big complainer about NFL officiating. I complained a little bit about the championship games, but that's about as far as I go. I usually pick on you for doing that. However, is that not the most tone deaf remark you could yes. possibly make? Yes. You know, just, just say we're working on improving it. We thought we'd made some strides, but it's, it's always something we're trying to work on. Let me uh, translate Roger Goodell for you there. The owners don't want to spend the money for full-time referees or more training. The, NF- the NFL owners didn't want to spend more money on NFL Network. You'd be ama- Well, you wouldn't be amazed. There's a lot of things they don't want to spend more money on. How about the playing services debate? Mm. Okay. They don't want to take away from the bottom line, period. They don't want to. So... Um, you know what you say, everything's is, you know, as good as it's ever been. People have to look, I'm not a Roger Goodell fan, but I think sometimes we need to remind people that he is merely the front man. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's David Lee Roth. Well, that's unfair to David Lee Roth, but you know, he's not Eddie Van Halen and Alex Van Halen and Michael Anthony on base. This is a Van Halen band reference, Marcus. Uh, If you Wikipedia them, they came out in the late seventies. They had some hits in the eighties. Yeah. Marcus is Wikipediaing right now. <laughs> I, I, what, what, what was the rock? What was the rock band of your youth? Was it like Oasis? Was that uh, you Smash were... Mouth? <laughs> I 
Hey, let's, can we talk? I, let's talk. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, man, he's a front man for the owners. You disagree with this? No. Roger no. Goodell is not the one that's doing all these things that you don't like. He's merely he's just representing what, the people yeah. he that just, are doing all the things you don't like. Yeah, he's just saying exactly what the owners want him to say. So Exactly. And he makes a pretty penny to do it, and that's his job, and you either accept it or you don't. Uh, he yep. does, and th- that's the deal. Um, I want to talk uh, about coaching a little bit sure. uh, before we get to the game, if that's okay with you. First, sure. the Cardinals. You made a comment to me offline that I just totally agree with, that I just hadn't verbalized it myself. Does anyone really want the Cardinals' yep. job? Why would you? You're locked into a quarterback that's coming off a torn ACL. It's a team that's over the cap and that just had – Multiple players retire in J.J. Watt and A.J. Green. The defense is awful. I mean, no. Well, what's the appeal to that job? Sometimes Terry Bradshaw says things, you know, where you're just like, okay, whatever. It's Terry Bradshaw. A failure to launch would not be one of those times. His his scene work and acting work uh, and dialogue in that movie was exemplary, as Marcus yeah, promised, me. <laughs> promised me it would be. But he did say that Sean Payton wasn't going to take that job because of the quarterback, and I believed that wholeheartedly, 100%. Yep. So, I mean, if you're a head coach, you know that your your contract, whatever you sign, a four- or five-year deal, it's going to be with Kyler Murray. And it's going to be, can you get along with Kyler Murray, and can you maximize his ability? And I think for a lot of these coaches, it's like, you know what? I'll stick around and be a defensive coordinator for another year, or I'll go take a different job or listen, as much as I don't love Russell Wilson, Wilson's a little bit easier to work with than Kyler Murray. So I get it. We also, when also Russell Wilson has had a much higher peak than Kyler Murray. Uh, Kyler Murray's been an exciting player. Has Kyler Murray ever been a top eight quarterback in the NFL? No. Uh, Russell Wilson has been a top five quarterback in the NFL. Um, and has won a heck of a lot of games. Um, one little last thing on this: Sean Payton took the Broncos' job. We didn't really talk about that uh, last time we we did a podcast. I don't even know if he had taken the job yet. But I think we just talked about it. Yeah, yeah. He that's right. We talked about it in our last podcast for just a little bit. All I wanted to say on this is that uh, basically it came out he didn't want any personal coaches in the locker room, but he said it in a way. That was not um, insulting Russell Wilson. You know, he just said, yeah, I'm not familiar with that. That's not how I do things. And I thought he handled that perfectly. He's probably the only coach that's going to be able to figure out ways to be successful with Russell Wilson. Just because he's got so much credibility and he's just he's he's going to be the the voice of that organization. Right. Like Russell Wilson's not going to be able to stand up to him and say, hey, no, we're doing things my way. It's just not going to work. So I think that was a great example of why the Broncos needed to hire somebody like Sean Payton. Absolutely. You know, he did his time. I've talked a lot about Bill Parcells on this podcast and, and Sean Payton spent uh, three years in Dallas with Bill Parcells. And, you know, during that time, 2003 to 2005 that he was there, I know Parcells was there four years, but Payton took the job in new Orleans for Parcells fourth year. Uh, Payton has mentioned how Bill Parcells basically came in and said, this is what our schedule is going to be like. This is how we're going to do practice. This is how we're going to do things. And yep. we are going to reevaluate everybody. And it's not for everybody. And that's a, pretty much exactly what Sean Payton said. And it's a philosophy, frankly, that I think works and has been proven to work in the NFL. And so when I saw these comments from Sean Payton, I kind of silently applauded. And mm-hmm. if I'm a Broncos fan, that makes me super excited 
uh, about the upcoming season, upcoming next several seasons. Yeah, because it feels like you finally have a leader in charge, right? Right. And maybe you'll be flexed in to the Monday night game as opposed to being flexed out. Well, of let's not get too crazy here. I still don't <laughs> want to see the Broncos in primetime anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, so that's all I had on coaching. Right. Um, I, I am interested to see what Mike Kafka does, um, but uh, he did a pretty is good that, job. Is that your hot take or your bold prediction that Mike Kafka is going to be the head coach for Arizona? No, I just, you know, I thought he did a really good job this year. Did you not? No, you're I not did. Mike, you're not a Mike Kafka guy. Well, you don't. It's fine. It's just you have your favorites. I think Kafka, if I'm Kafka, I would not want to go to that situation. I'd rather wait a year. So what do you do? Just keep keep the gig that you have? Yeah, why not? Okay, that's fine. That's fine. I was just curious your thoughts. I mean, this sometimes, is a podcast. Sometimes, I'm supposed to sometimes, ask you. Sometimes if you get offered a job promotion and more money, it's better off to just wait for a better yeah. opportunity. Yeah. You know, sometimes you get offered a, a, a job. And <laughs> actually, I'm not going to say it. I think you know where I was going. I'm going to uh, – sorry, it's uh, uh, a little yeah. – That's right. Let's talk about the game. Uh, yeah. Chiefs, Eagles, Super Bowl. I mean, I guess we have to talk about it. Eagles favored by one and a half. Um, who do you got? Well, the first thing I want to ask you is how much has this moved since literally the championship games ended? Wasn't there a time right after the game that it was actually Kansas City? Very briefly. By, yeah. Very briefly. But in the day afterwards, it quickly shifted to Eagles minus two and a half. It's been bet down a little bit to Eagles minus one and a half, but that's where it stayed for about the last five or six days. I mean, at the end of the day, you're really just picking on who you think is going to win the game Correct. straight up. But when yep. we're talking about one and a half points here, uh, let's let's uh, we'll get to that in a second. Let's talk total here for a second. Uh, what's it currently at? Fifty-one. You know, part of me feels like that's a little high. Um, I, I do. I, I can see why. Um, I But I also think that Vegas might be kind of reacting to its own uh, lines previous this year in doing that. Um, boy, these are tough to choose between. These are tough to choose between as which you would rather take. First of all, let's talk about the spread. I'm going to guess that you like Philadelphia in this game. That's my guess. For, I, yeah. They're just the roster is just so much better than Kansas City's, right? Like, there's just not really a weak spot on Philadelphia's team. And I just think they're going to be able to run the ball and play ball control, super efficient offense, and put up 27 points without really stressing too much. Yeah. Boy, part of me really wants to go with Kansas City in this game. Um, I, I think Philadelphia has been hearing now for a week and a half how they're the most complete team in football. Um I will tell you something that's alarming for me about the Eagles and why I'm inclined to take the Chiefs. If you watch that championship game and you look at uh, Jalen Hurts' numbers, they're they're not good. They're pedestrian. But in the second half, he knew that they didn't have to do anything, you know, and so they played it pretty careful. But he kept misfiring on some of the go stuff to A.J. Mm -hmm. Brown some of the more vertical throws, they did try to do that in the first half and they just could not connect. At some point, they're going to have to connect in this Super Bowl. They're going to have to get some plays down the field. I know the Eagles running game is really, really effective. They've got three backs that can carry it. I think Gainwell's played his butt off. 
Uh, but, you know, Kansas City can load up for that. And if you cannot take advantage of them down the field, you're not going to win the game. You cannot just run your way to a Super Bowl victory here. No, I, I agree. However, I the thing with the 49ers is they were able to get the Eagles in third and long and mm-hmm. force them to throw the ball down the field. I just I don't know if that's going to be the case. I think if yeah. Philly gets into third downs, it's going to be like third and two, third and three. And that way, Philadelphia still has the ability to run the ball if they want to. So I agree. Like, Part of me still doesn't trust Jalen Hurts on third and long to consistently convert. But there might only be two or three of those in the game, and it might not matter. And the other thing, too, is you know Chris Jones in particular made hay late in that AFC championship game, got a big sack when they needed it. That ain't the Bengals' offensive line you're going up against no. on Sunday. You know, uh, it's going to be really. I, I will say, I think Philadelphia's offensive line can be a tad overrated as pass protectors, not as run blockers. They are awesome in the run game, but as pass pro guys, I think you can get them a little bit. But then you have a quarterback that's a lot more mobile than Joe Burrow. Correct. Uh, and 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 do you, you know, there's when you pass rush, you can send everybody. You know, you can blitz six guys and have them just try to get the quarterback down or you can have more of a confined pocket style pass rush where you're trying to make the quarterback beat you from the pocket do you necessarily want to be in undisciplined in your pass rush lanes no. and let Jalen Hurts make plays off schedule I don't think you want to do that because now you're playing into Hurts's strength whether it be throwing on the run or actually just running the ball yeah I agree the, the only thing I do like for Kansas City in this game is I think their offensive line is going to be able to hold up against the Eagles pass rush. I know the Eagles have just two full units of guys that are unbelievable, but that offensive line is really good. Mahomes has had now two weeks to kind of recover from the high ankle sprain. If they can, if they can hold up, I think that they can beat the Eagles in the secondary because I've watched them against a couple competent quarterbacks this year. Philly didn't play many, but they did play Dak Prescott on Christmas Eve and Dak shredded them. Uh, They had a couple other games earlier in the year where, um, when when te- when they didn't get a pass rush, the, the secondary got exposed. So I think this is going to be a close game. I'm just leaning Philadelphia to win a 27-24 type of game. Well, that's right at 51. So how do you feel about betting the total? I think I would go under slightly. You know, everything logically tells me the Eagles are going to win, but I, I'm I'm picking – I think it's going to be Kansas City. Um, I hope you're right, by the way. Well, one of the things that disturbs me about the Eagles is just the inconsistency sometimes of playing together. Uh, they've had some games where it just seemed like the other team wanted it more. Uh, the Giants, I'm uh, not talking about the playoff game, but at the end of the season, uh, the Washington game that they lost. Now, granted, these are really isolated games. The other issue for Philadelphia, and I'm not blaming Philadelphia. I don't, you know, when people say, well, they haven't played anybody, they lucked out. Well, that's, that's not their, not fault. their fault. No, no, no you, it's not. You play who's on your schedule. And, and hey, you know, uh, they, they beat Minnesota with Kirk Cousins handily in Philadelphia. That's one of the good quarterbacks they played this year. But they haven't played anyone even close to Patrick Mahomes, no. not even close. And they don't have five, six, seven games they can point to where they can say, hey, we played you know, Burrow and Herbert and, you know, Lamar Jackson, whoever, they can't do that because they haven't had that. Uh, They're not going to have some of the freebies that they're used to getting. I'm talking about their secondary in particular because Philadelphia's secondary 
has played really well this year, but they really haven't been challenged. One, because of the competition. And two, Marcus, when your pass rush gets 70 sacks, it's alleviating so much. What if Patrick Mahomes goes right down the field with that Kansas City offense and scores a touchdown? That would be the fear. That is the one thing with the Chiefs having so much Super Bowl experience. You do wonder, like, are they just going to start this game out hotter than the Eagles, right? And if they get up 10 nothing, is Jalen Hurts going to start to feel, you know, pressed a little bit? I mean, I hate to go back to college and stuff, but Jalen Hurts has really never played well in a big-time game. When he was at Oklahoma against LSU, they got clobbered. He played awful. In the playoff game against Georgia, he got benched for a freshman Tua. Um, last year against Tampa Bay, he was awful in that game. Against the 49ers, if the 49ers would have been even somewhat comp- competent on offense, I, I, I Jalen Hurts just did not play well, even knowing that situation. So you do wonder, like, is the is the lights are the lights going to be a little bit too bright for Jalen Hurts here? And we've seen some games in the postseason this year where the rest of the team played well and the quarterback didn't. And well, I can't think of any overcome. on the top of my brain right now, but that's fine. Well, that's not the only one. Um, <laughs> and you know, it's just really hard to overcome when your quarterback plays poorly. You know, now if the rest of the team plays great and your quarterback can play at least a median style game, great. Um, but I, I hate doing it because I feel like I'm being a little bit of a homer for the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. But I mean, I do think we're witnessing one of the greatest careers we'll ever see. Uh, truly, uh, we're in the middle of it. We're in the prime of it. And um, I just wonder if that secondary is going to be ready. Uh, I hope they are. I hope they are because they played out of their mind this year. Yep. Bradbury played a lot better. Garner Johnson, a good Heck player. Yeah. Of course, you have Slay. And I don't even think Slay had his best year this year. But they're all really good uh, players. And so I think you, you really brought up a key to me. Kansas City's offensive line. If they can handle the Eagles pass rush without having to max protect and Kansas City can send McKinnon or whoever out into the route and not have to leave them back there to block Pacheco, um, I that's advantage Kansas City. It'll be fine. Yep. Uh, they're going to find ways to be successful in offense, whether that's McKinnon as a receiver, as you mentioned. Maybe this is a big juju game just across the middle against their linebackers, but they've got so many different options. Um I still lean Philly, though. I just think that overall roster is so talented. And I kind of think they were just the best team all year. So I'm going to go with Philly. Okay, do you lean Philly uh, with the spread? Obviously, they're favored by one and a half. So if they only lost by – if they only won by one, you'd lose your bet. Yeah, um, it's just not very, that's, Pretty unlikely that's a, to happen. Yeah. Pr- pretty unlikely to happen. Do you like that better than going with the over? Or the under? Or the under, excuse me. That's right. You went with the under. No, I, I like Philly just to win because I do think Philly can win a lot of different styles of games. Like if you told me this game was 20 to 17, I would say that favors Philly. If you told me this game was 40 to 35, I actually think that favors Philly as well. So I, I will take Philly just to win and cover that spread. You know, another way I could see this game playing out is like Super Bowl 38. That was Panthers Patriots where the first half, the teams are kind of feeling each other out. They're big time defensive players make, big plays i think at halftime that super bowl was like six to three or something like that and then the second half holy cow you know the offenses exploded jake delome started playing street ball and i i could see hurts and mahomes both exploding in the second half in this game being wild yeah Uh, and it just comes down to who makes a stop and and who doesn't who doesn't make the big mistake if you recall in that game 
the big mistake, I think it was John Casey was the mm-hmm. Panthers kicker. He kicked it out of bounds. Tom Brady and the Patriots offense get it at the 40. They get like two first downs throwing the ball, maybe three. And Adam Vinatieri hits the game winning field goal. Yep. Uh, I could, I think it could go very similar to that where we just, as you mentioned, a really slow first quarter and then things pick up. Uh, I've got one betting thing I wanted to ask you about before we move on, but anything else from this game you wanted to mention? Uh, No, not really. Um, I, I, I think we covered it pretty good other than the fact that it's not a good uni matchup at all. No, I agree. I wish it was a lot better. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, I like to have fun bets for the Super Bowl. So I just got one random one that I want your thoughts on. Will any over? Non- wait, can I guess? Can I Go guess? Ahead. Yeah. Over under of how many times the Kelseys will be mentioned that they're brothers? If oh I set gosh. it at seventeen for the entire broadcast, that includes pregame. Oh, and way the over. Way over. Way over. Way over. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I don't like to make a million bets for the Super Bowl because I actually just like to sit there and watch it. I will make one fun bet a year and kind of root okay. for it. My fun bet this year. Will a non-quarterback throw a touchdown this year? 25 to 1 odds. Now, here, here's my thought process uh, on it. We've seen Travis Kelsey line up uh, under center in the red zone before, right? Mm-hmm. We've seen Kadarius Tony throw a pass before. These are two of the more uh, creative offenses. I just won't be surprised if we get... We said, what, the Philly special a couple years ago with Philly? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that was Nick Sirianni, but... I won't be surprised if we get something weird inside the five yard line and we see a Kenny Gainwell throw a pass to Dallas Goddard. Well, I could actually see Sirianni wanting to do something like a Philly special and Omaha. His version of that, right? Yeah. I'm going to, I've got my prediction. Who's going to throw a touchdown pass in this game? Who's that? I've got it. Devontae Smith. Ah. Being in the round of the receiver and he's going to throw it to AJ Brown on a uh, post. There you go. Yeah. But see, I think I think if these two teams do this, I think that it's going to be more likely in the red zone, right? Just to be a little different. So that's my fun bet. Uh, I think it's yeah, twenty five to one. The last time I checked. Well, I was trying to think of a Super Bowl play that kind of mirrored a, a famous Super Bowl play that's probably your favorite of all time. In fact, probably your favorite Super Bowl of all time, uh, Super Bowl forty between the Steelers and Seahawks, when Antoine Randall threw a touchdown pass. To Heinz Ward, See, I know that happens. was one of your... Yeah, officiating yeah. is at all-time high, I remember. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like Roger Goodell says. Uh, I got one uh, last thing before we go. Yeah. This is my final thought. I want to know what your Super Bowl watching setup is going to be like this year. Like, how many people, uh, what's the food situation look like? Because that's the most important part of the game. You know, it's a little different this this year because I'm I'm visiting family, so this might be a mom's den uh, kind of thing. Mm. I did one of my former colleagues at the NFL invited me over for a Super Bowl party, so I'll be eating his food if I do that. Um, so I don't have to set up anything; I just have to show up, uh, maybe That's fix nice. my hair, uh, eat their food, not cl- help clean up, and be the first one to leave. Sounds perfect. <laughs> I, I struggle with Super Bowl parties. Can I be honest here? Sure. I, no, call me go ahead. I'm I'm lame Larry. But, you know, when I was younger, I wanted to watch the game. I'm mm-hmm. talking about when I was younger, like when I was in my 20s, and everyone's going out and partying, and Super Bowl parties were a big deal. And I remember I went to a big one in Hollywood, and there were a lot of, you know, actors there. And, you know, it was there was nice scenery, and it was great. It was a big party on a deck. And 
but nobody really understood the game. And if you're someone that understands the game, it's actually hard to watch in that kind of environment when you don't have at least one person who's sitting with you that you can kind of like be like, why are they blitzing here? Or, and I get it. I realize I sound like a total football nerd, but I do. I want to be able to say, why the heck are they, you know, staying in nickel here? What, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't do that at a Super Bowl party. Does that sound terribly nerdy? No, because uh, no, I, I have – I go to a big Super Bowl party with my family every year, and there's 65 to 70 people there, all jammed in one living room. And the only time it's quiet is during the commercials because that's all that anybody cares about is the commercials, right? During the game, everybody's loud, talking, moving around, getting food. That's where I want to be, like, honed in. But once the commercials go on, silence. Um, so I get it. Did y'all have a State of the Union party last night? Uh, no. No? No. I, I played PlayStation 2 instead. <laughs> yeah. I bought a PlayStation 2 because mine was on the fritz. <clears throat> and I bought it at Half Price Books, which is a chain in Dallas or in Texas. For those of you guys who are in Texas, you're familiar with it. Um, and so I really needed a game. And I couldn't find any game that I was really that, that interested me. And I bought one called Shadows of the Colossus. So mm. I don't know. If Mm, I've never played game? them. I'm very familiar with them. I, I'm, I'm, I hear it's like you find these giants. So it's like from 2002. So I got the mini though. I bought the PlayStation 2 mini. Mm -hmm. Do you have the mini or do you it's have the slim. regular? I have the big have the fat slim. one. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. All right. I think that's enough of, uh, of my takes for the day. I'll give you the last word, sir. Uh, I, I don't know if you're aware, but... Did you know that Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey are brothers and they're going to be playing in the Super Bowl? Just want to make sure that you're aware before that, before yeah. we go into the game. I have to be honest about this. I do think it's pretty cool. You know, I don't want to hear it about, about it a billion times, but do I think it's cool? I do. And I think it's cool that one is a tight end and one is a, a big old center. You know, I kind of like that. Um, What's better, this or when we had the Harbaugh's coaching against each other? This. Yeah. This. I could care less about the Harbaugh's coaching each other. Absolutely care less. And I could care less about your conspiracy theory that the NFL made the power go down so that the 49ers could get back in the game. And uh, the Ravens won that game legitimately, yep. but that was pass interference in the end zone. I'm sorry. It was. it was. Was that Jimmy Smith on Crabtree? You bet was it that? was. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that brain working. Uh, that's all yeah. I have. That's all. Yeah. All right. Well, if you want more hot takes from Marcus about Mike Kafka, which he had no takes, listen to Locked On Cowboys, where he won't let me talk about the Cowboys on our podcast, but he talks about them plenty. He's out on their culture. He hosts that with Landon McCool. Landon does a great job. Give him a follow on Twitter. Marcus also covers the Raiders for USA Today, where he'll be talking about Aaron Rodgers and Josh Jacobs, his teammates, in a few days after the Rodgers sound bath. And then tomorrow, he's got an article coming out on PFF about the Chiefs offense year over year this year versus last year. That should be pretty good. It's always good work when he does work for PFF. He is at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. Now that I've gotten away from promoting him for the last 55 seconds, I'm at Harrison NFL on Twitter. Thanks, Brinks. Thanks, all you guys. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Take care.